Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome and thanks for joining in with us. Today, we're going to teach you how to grow your business and take it to the next level by getting a better grip on working from home. Now, you know, since being an entrepreneur for well over a decade, I've come to enjoy working from home, though sometimes it can seem to be a curse and heavy with distractions. Still, if you're used to those long commutes, I'm sure you don't miss that. You know, my last job before podcasting required a three-hour round-trip drive each day in the worst Los Angeles driving times. That was brutal, and it was a message for me to start my own thing. We're going to talk about our view from home with Leslie Means. And later in this episode, we have an insider's brief on how tech leaders believe a potential recession will positively impact their organization. Stay tuned for that and tell me what you think. And please listen for news from our sponsors, Talkify and Shopify, with special offers for you. This show is available because of them. So please take note and hear what they have to say. That's Talkify and Shopify later on in this episode. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get very successful at growing your business to a high, sustainable level. We're going to help you turn into an elite entrepreneur. Yeah, you. We're going to help you meet Leslie Means. She's a storyteller, children's book author, columnist, former TV anchor and host, and a mother of several children. She started a popular online community and website called Her View From Home, which has over 2.5 million monthly readers. I think that says it all. Let's get into it and learn. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Hi, Tony. It's an honor to be here. Pleasure is all mine, and we're all looking forward to learning more about how to grow our business from home. You know, it sounds so easy, but it's not. But before we get into some of those hacks and pieces of wisdom and guidance, can you tell us how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Oh, Tony. (laughs) Okay, let's get started. I um, am a farm girl from central Nebraska. Grew up in a house that my dad grew up in my grandpa, my great grandpa. I mean, it's been in our family since 1901, right? So I'm this small town farm girl, but even at a really young age, I mean, I can remember as young as six, I would go into the barn and talk to my cats. I always felt like the world was bigger. And I suppose that has something to do with mom and dad. Dad was a farmer. Mom was a nurse, but I just, I don't know. I always felt this this calling of storytelling ever since I was little. I always thought I'd go to New York. I mean, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Went to broadcast journalism was my undergrad major. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get my gig. I'm going to start in TV and I'm going to move on up. And so, and we started to, my husband and I, um, we met in college and we moved to Houston, Texas. That was like his first dream gig was with the Houston Rockets. He was working for the NBA. And Tony, when you mentioned driving a three-hour round trip, I 
laugh a little bit because I also did that when I was in Houston. You couldn't at the time, you could not get a big TV gig right out of college. I mean, it was like almost impossible. So my first job was in Beaumont, Texas, an hour and a half each way from Houston. So I was driving that every day, three hour round trip in Houston traffic. So this Nebraska girl in Houston traffic and the people, they were some of the best people I'd ever met. And the stories, that's when I started reporting. But I missed home, which was so surprising to me. I just was like, here I was, this girl who thought I'd just keep keep going up. And I was like, no, I miss home. I have three older sisters. I'm like, I miss my family. So my husband, because he's fantastic, left his dream gig in the NBA to come back to where I am now in central Nebraska for me to get my first TV job in a small station. So I'm working TV. He's out roguing cornfields. So like picking weeds out of cornfields because he went from his dream job to doing that because he knew that I wouldn't find something in, in the Houston area. And so, cause I mean, and so I could have, I could tell so many stories about that guy and the sacrifices he's made along the way, but okay. I'm in TV and I work my way up. I'm starting as weekend anchor. And then I said, I really want to, I really want to do the, the morning show, the morning anchor. And that was like 1am in the morning I would go in, which was nuts. But I, I like, I was, you know, go get her. I'm going to do this. And then when this opportunity came along to start a local talk show, it was 2007. I jumped at that. I was like, this is something I want to do. It was going to interview the people and the best of Nebraska people in places is what it was. Is kind of how we, you know, pegged it. And I started this talk show and it was, it was amazing on paper, right? For local TV. It's like, I had my girls by then they were uh, two and six months. And on paper, it looked great. It was, it was good hours for TV. At that time, I was going in from six in the morning to two in the afternoon. I mean, perfect, right? But I missed something. I was like, what is missing? I knew that there was something more and it's really hard to explain it, but I just, I, I just knew something was missing. And I started looking for jobs, not knowing what I was going to do or what the goal was. And I got a call from a woman who I'd met through TV and she was actually the, um, the director at our local chamber of commerce. She left a, a voicemail on my work phone and she said, Leslie, I'm at work. And she's like, Leslie, just give me a call when you, when you get this way. And I said, okay, sure. And after I listened to her voicemail, I truly, I thought, wouldn't that be cool if she had a job for me? I called her back. She had a job, which was just bananas. And also bananas is the job was at chamber of commerce and, and I jumped at it and I took it. So I'm this broadcast journalism girl who only knows TV and I jump into the business world and I cried the first day. I didn't even know what the heck I was doing. I had like to do an Excel spreadsheet. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know this, but I loved that side too. And I immersed myself in the business world. And when I started missing the TV side is when I started Purview from Home. So suddenly I had this business component and the media component, and that's how I merged the two. 
together. Now, I find this very interesting because you would think, I would think, being a TV anchor, a TV host of a talk show, that to me sounds like a dream job. But hey, to you in the audience, if you're offering up, <laughs> I'm already taken. But it just sounds like what an amazing thing. And yet you went from that to the Chamber of Commerce. So I presume you weren't all too happy or wasn't really your calling. Then from there, you went into you made a business, a community out of around motherhood, around faith, family. So how did that thread come to that vision to create this, this business that yeah. you have now? And, and Tony, I'll, I'll go back to when I was in TV. I, it's not that I wasn't happy. I was so happy. And you're right. It looks so good on paper. But I just, I wanted something more in depth. And maybe I wanted more control. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, entrepreneurs, maybe we want more control of things. Um, but I, I love that my path took me into the chamber. So when I was at the chamber, I had no... I mean, there's no money. There's not a lot of money in local TV. And I don't have any rich uncles. So my husband and I didn't have much. And so I knew that I would have to continue working at the chamber while also doing Herbie from home. And not long after I started um, actually at the chamber, this business plan competition came up with our local university and grand prize was $10,000. And I actually had two other business partners at the time. And we put together this this business plan for Herbie from home. And I'm up there talking about this website, three grown men are the judges. And I'm bawling in front of them because I'm like, the world needs this place. They need this website. And we won. We won the $10,000 to start the website, to really get it going. You know, we all bought laptops and and hired a, a team to help us do all the technical side of things. But 10,000 does not go a long way. And so I was going door to door, business to business, asking people that I knew through TV if they would advertise on Herbie from home. I mean, 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there. And it was really hard. And after a couple of years, both of my business partners left. And I don't blame them at all because it wasn't making any money. It was only making enough to... We pay our writers. We always have um, as long as we could from the very beginning. So it was really only making enough to keep the lights on, as I say, and pay our writers. Um, so they left and I'm still working at the chamber. And my husband, being the good guy that he is, we went out to eat. We're having a glass of wine. And he's like, Les, he goes, I, I think you need to go all in on the business. He's like, you, you, have, to, you have to put all your focus on that. And I thought, okay. I also knew at that time, I was like, you know, this is really risky, but if it fails and it's not making money, I could go get a job. I could get a job in town. I'd met enough people. Like it would be fine. I still had to help pay bills. And not long after I went all in on the website, it's broke. Tony, it's broke. And it was um, June of 2016. And my husband and I found out we were expecting our third baby. And any normal person at this time is like, panicking. I mean, come on, like thus, it's time to quit this crazy idea and get a steady job. But I don't know, God didn't make me like normal like that because I had such peace. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I, I think it's going to be okay. We refinanced our house that month. And which means you didn't have to pay mortgage for like one month, which was great. So we saved some money in a month. And not long after we did that, a woman 
she emailed me and her view was really pretty small. We have, you know, 1.4 million followers now on Facebook, but at that time it was like 25,000. And she'd emailed me and she said, Leslie, I've been praying about it. I, I really want you to share my story on her view from home. And I read it and it was, it was a story that she wrote. Her friend had died by suicide um, four months after her baby was born from postpartum depression. And she wanted to share the story on her view to help other women know that they're not alone in the signs and all those things. And I thought, gosh, yeah, we would be humbled, honored to share that. And after that article was published, uh, the site was never the same. And more importantly, uh, we got an email from a woman who said that article had saved her life. And I thought, okay, like this is, you know, for me, it's always a God whisper. I say, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm going to keep going. This thing is bigger than me. It has a bigger purpose than me. And I'm going to go as, as long as I can, because there's so much purpose in, in what we're doing. We're talking about our view from home with Leslie Means, and you can find her at her view from home. That's four words, her view from home.com. This is the Tony D'Urso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues our view from home with Leslie Means. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. And while we're on a short break, let's talk about something that can be distracting to growing our business, yet it's super important that it becomes a benefit and not an anchor. You know, life is full of what ifs. So what if you try something new when it comes to dating? Yes, dating. Did you know that Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles? Really? And what if they help you find what you're looking for? Here's something to know about them. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that's designed to help you achieve relationship success. And their trusted compatibility specialists hand-select successful and compelling candidates so that you can date consciously and productively. So here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are perhaps too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all the communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. And Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. So let's do this. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash Tony. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash T-O-N-Y for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash Tony. And again, that's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash T-O-N-Y so you can date consciously and productively. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. 
All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Our View from Home with Leslie Means. And just a quick thank you that I sincerely appreciate you listening to my weekly shows with today's elite entrepreneurs. If you like what you hear, please consider giving a kind review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. And now, back to the chat with Leslie. Leslie, let's get a little bit into your vision path here. And you had just talked about, and you said a magic word to me, is you talked about your purpose. And you also talked about working for some years, really without much money. You paid your writers. You kept the electricity going for the light bulbs. Your partners left. And that shows, to me, that shows that you have the perfect job, the perfect calling. Why? Because it's what you get up every day to do. It's what you do regardless of the money. It's something that you love to do. That's what I, those aren't the words you said. Those are, but just, um, those are the words I heard as an Italian here. I'm like, she just loves doing this. So I got to ask you that question first, before we get into it further, what's your purpose? Why are you doing what you do with this? Mm, Tony, that's a good one. I mean, the purpose is to share everyone's story. I feel like, I feel like these interviews, these are like, you're like being my therapist today, Tony, because I I didn't realize it now I'm almost 41, but I didn't realize it even as a six-year-old little girl on the farm of how I knew how important my story was. I knew how important mom and dad's story. I just felt it. And, and I don't, I, I don't know if that is What's pushing me, I think so, though, is that I want everyone to know that their story is also important. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're well-known or if your neighbor's not even sure who you are. I know that your story is important and valuable and that the world needs it. And I think that is truly, as I go along, I'm like, I just want all people, but women in general, mothers, to know that what they do is important and that their story matters. I get you on that. Now I'm going to go mm-hmm. back in time just a little bit, just to summarize. Here you are, what I consider a dream job. Yeah, we said that before. You're this TV anchor. You get a call to get a job for less pay. How how cool is that, everybody? A job for less pay. This is like woohoo! All right, so you go for <laughs> you go and get this job for less pay uh-huh. at the uh, city council or wh- whatever mm-hmm. the exact job is. Chamber. Yep. Chamber. Mm-hmm. And then you find out about this business plan competition. So why was that interesting? Because here you are, you really like this job. I presume you have more control over it and it's a little bit different. So I'm just trying to understand some of the um, circumstances that made you go bing, bing, bing all the way to that. Yeah. Well, Tony, I would have no idea how to run a business without all of that. For me, it's it's very God whispery that that all kind of lined up. But I knew at that moment that I had to do that. I didn't even know how to write the business plan. It was my business partners who wrote it. I was just the one who knew that I could get up there and be emotional and, and tell the story of what it was. And I think that's, I know now, it's because I know what is a good story and we know how to tell it. And we know that everyone has one. And I didn't see that happening on the internet. And so that was such a big purpose for me to push that. And I think that's one why we won, obviously, the business plan competition. But if I didn't have, you know, the chamber, if I didn't have those connections, 
I don't know if I would have been able to take the business to where it is today. So it's so funny to me how those line up. And I'm so thankful for that. And I think that's a always keep your eye open. You never know what other opportunities are coming, even if it seems like maybe it's not right. You know, when you have the gut feeling or the, the goosebumps or for me, whispers, I feel like if you can, you should jump on those opportunities. I don't mess around with that stuff. I understand that. Now, here you are after you've had the business going, you're making enough income to keep things going. Your partners leave. Is that like the worst time of your life? Because you've got 25,000 followers to me, which is a pretty good thing to have. And money can be made from that, providing you sell the right product. So what was wrong? What, uh, maybe I should ask it this way. What was the big failure in business that just kind of made things you know, fall apart here? Oh, Tony, I like that. You know what my biggest failure now that I can see almost 11 years in is that I was too afraid to ask for more help. I think I was I was pushing myself down because money has always been tight and I never I didn't have any money, so I was like, "Oh, if I hire help, what if then I don't have any money?" You know, that was like pushing me down and my two business partners at the time in their defense, again, they weren't making any money and they didn't have the passion and the, the vision for what, you know, I could see it to be. But when the website took off, when that article was published, then not long after that, I was able to hire a team and the, and it exploded from there. I had to put my trust and my faith in other people who are much more talented than me. I mean, you should see our, I, Tony, we were we're still ranking, I think, on articles in SEO that have like misspelled titles. You know, I think they're fixed now, but I had really good editors come in and, and help me and do all those things. And now, because I'm surrounded with an incredible team, the website can really take off. But I've noticed that even, even now, day to day, I have to make sure that I can put my trust in other people and find the right teammates, team members to really grow the business. And I believe I have now. So what would you say is the, the crux of keeping the business going and sustaining? You, you talked about you do SEO, you've hired writers. What was it that made it actually no longer a failure, if I could say it that way, but actually successful <laughs> where you can get up every day and now you've got money to, you know, or income to buy other things. We want to learn from you. We're entrepreneurs. You know, we're thinking maybe while you're talking, I was thinking, gosh, you know, should I, I hear about a blog all the time. Should I write a blog? But it's a lot of work. You, you went through that hump. So what can you teach us about this? Mm, I'm still there, Tony. It's so hard every day, especially without it's changing so much. The internet has changed dramatically in 11 years. Um, for me, I had to find a balance. So I was working so hard, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs know, especially in those early years. I I really, it kind of can make me emotional sometimes of thinking of all the, the time that I spent away from my kids, away from my husband, because I was growing the business. So I had to have support was a big one. So I always tell people to, my husband's a great guy and I he was always there to help. He also works a full-time job. Um, but he always believed in me. So I always tell our writers or anybody who's trying to start something, I said, you got to find one person who can believe in you and be honest with you. That is super important to me. I think that's more important even than money. You know, we didn't have a lot of finances to start, but I found people along the way 
who believed in the project, that was a huge piece for me. Um, so support boundaries. I think you have to set up boundaries. Um, for me, I have to log off at night. I try to by, you know, five o'clock and it's, it's constant, right? Where it's online is, is nonstop. And depending on parts of the world, people are reading articles at two in the morning, you know, but if I don't take that break and set up that boundary, I find myself getting very burned out. And then I'm frustrated with the business. Then I don't want to do it. I can tell when I can step away each evening and come back each day, I'm refreshed and rejuvenated. Um, so that's another big thing for me. So support and boundaries, I would say, are the two two big ones for me. Leslie, this next question may sound like something I've asked before, but it's really, really different. What about challenges? Okay, we, we've gone through this. We've gone through your failures, partners leaving this and that. And you know, there's other sides, and I always like to get the other facets. It's like, You've got to grow this and make it sustainable to pay the mortgage and do all these other things. So what was your biggest challenge from working from home? And how did you deal with that? Mm, Not knowing what social media is going to do. So another big one, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You know how everyone says that. I mean, everyone. But it's so true. For us, we have, I don't know, six, seven different income sources coming in from all different things. Um, But also with that, you don't want to put too much in everything and then you're bad at everything. You know what I mean? You don't want to put your focus on 15 things and then not be great at that. I always say now, 11 years in, start with a few. So whenever writers are starting and they're trying to start their own website or blog or book or whatever they're doing, I, I say, start with a few things that you can do well and then branch out and then try to get other revenue streams or, or another avenue um, for you to take. So for us, Facebook was always a big one. Um, that was a big one that we worked on to grow. And email was another one. So Facebook and email were our first two. And once I had those going, then we branched out. We did Instagram. We're, we're doing a little more on Twitter. We're doing more video. We have our book. We have courses. I mean, there's there's multiple things we can do now because we feel like we've really become experts in a couple areas. And I mean, we tell great stories. We're incredible writers and they come to us and now they're telling powerful stories, but it's the community that we've built in those almost 11 years now that I think keep people coming back. This is the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Our view from home with Leslie Means. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. You should know what that already means. That's the best kind of notification. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify and the moment another business dream becomes a reality. As you know by now, Shopify is the commerce platform that's revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So for example, whether you're selling something in home and garden or health and beauty or some fashion product and so forth, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. 
It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And it's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and the control to revolutionize your business and take things to the next level. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Tony, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Tony to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Tony. And I'll spell that S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash T-O-N-Y. And cha-ching your way to the top with Shopify. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Our View from Home with Leslie Means. And check out my lead entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find and listen to just about every interview I ever recorded at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com slash podcast. And I mean, all seven years of interviews are found on the Master Archives at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com slash podcast. And now back to the chat with Leslie. Leslie, 11 years into it, you've taken some household words, words we all, we've all heard, but then we've heard the words sugar flour vanilla, milk, and cream, but doesn't mean we can go in the kitchen and make a really good chocolate souffle or something. So we've heard these words. You've taken these into a brand. You've made a thing out of it. Did you stumble upon that or you, did you have some planning going, hey, I could go somewhere with this. I could help people. Kind of want to discuss your brand and how that grew. Yep. Okay, great. So now, Tony, at first it was like, I just want to tell stories. And so really it was the first, gosh, 10 or 15 writers were just friends. And the website kind of grew from the stories that they told. One liked to talk about her marriage. One had a really tragic story that she would talk about. So the grief was on there and it kind of formed from the articles that the writers were starting to share. And then I would say probably like three or four years in before I realized what those pillars were for her view. So for her view from home, our writers really focus on uh, motherhood, marriage, faith, grief, and relationships. And it's, you're going to find heartfelt content. You're not going to have anything that's preaching or teaching. It's really just storytelling from the heart. And I, I will say, once we figured that part out, Tony, then it's a lot easier. You know, they always talk about niche it down, niche it down. It's true. Even though it feels like Herview has so many topics, it really is niched into those five categories 
and you are going to find emotional, you're going to cry. I mean, you're going to cry when you're reading content on her view, but in a good way, you're going to find that heartfelt, real, real stories from real women. And, and that is her view. And that's our, that's our niche. We've alluded to this a little bit earlier, and it's very true working from home. We love it. That commute. I mean, 30 second commute, come on, versus three hours. Right. <laughs> what can you say? It's 30 seconds is great. But the distractions are sometimes insurmountable. I don't know how everyone particularly works, but for me, you know, sometimes waking up in the morning, I've got this, 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 all these things on my mind to just sit down and just start knocking out these things to do. You know, I've got battle plans and things all being formed in my head. And then the distractions come, different things that aren't so important that could wait till later, but they come to you to deal with them now. And on top of that, you have three wonderful children that also want your attention and so forth. So how do you deal with all of that and still grow your brand and your business? Yeah, um, I had to learn how to work in time slots. I, I also had daycare. So I will fully say that for my youngest, he went to daycare. Um, so I couldn't do it with him at home. I have writers who have kids running all over. I'm like, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you guys do it. Well, truly actually, because when I was working at the chamber, I was working all day and then starting Herbie from home, I would really work on the business at night after the kids went to bed. But at this point, almost 11 years in, I'm like, no, I do not want to work at midnight anymore. I've done that. So I have to just be very strategic. And I know I get the bulk of my work done from nine in the morning to two in the afternoon. I schedule, try to schedule all my meetings during that time because after two, I'm like picking up kids. Now I have teenagers and they're like, my girls are 14, 12, and then my son's five. So I'm like, all over. I mean, life is just crazy, right? I'm running all over the place where taxis for them all over, all over after like three o'clock, I'm just running them everywhere. So I, I just have learned that I have to stay focused during that time. It's interesting too, because sometimes people think that you're home, then you can do more things or you can meet me for this, or you can volunteer for that. And you do, you just have to set up that boundary and tell people, no, I can't. I, I'm working. One of our editors, she's really great. She has to do this a lot because people will be like, oh, you can help. No, I have to work from this time to this time. Otherwise I'm up at midnight and who wants, I don't want to do that, Tony. I don't want to do, I don't want to do that anymore. So I just have to be really strict with myself. But I love that question because a lot of people say, I couldn't work from home. I couldn't do what you what you do. Oh, yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, you could. It's pretty great. <laughs> I like the fact that you've set a time from 9 to 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard that before in interviewing anybody that they set that kind of a time when they work from home. And I think that's really helpful. Hey, why don't you come here and do soccer practice? It's one o'clock. Sorry, I'm working till two o'clock. Yep. I like that. Just yep. boom. And I have no shame in saying that. I'm like, it's my sanity. I have to have that. Yeah. <laughs> and it shows. It shows in the success of your business. Yep. And Leslie, you've come out with a new book. Can you tell us about it? Oh, Tony. So, you know, I, I talk a little bit about whispers and the goosebumps. And sometimes I think the whole purpose for her view was for this book and what it can become. Um, 2020, April of 2020, the year that, you know, should not be mentioned sitting in my bathtub. Cause that's where all the best ideas come apparently. And 
we've known for a long time that we should do a book, you know, like our, our whole writing community. We're like, man, Herb, you should do a book. But I, I knew titles were important and I'm just like, I don't know what it is yet. And we, um, we've actually had articles on her view do really well called, uh, like, so God gave me sons, God gave me, God made a grandma, all these things. And they do really, really well. And I'm in the tub and I'm like, so God made a mother. That would be an incredible book title. It would be so good. And it is beautiful. It is made up of 10 different chapters um, from nearly 100 Hervey from Home contributors. And I lead the writers through. And we say, if you are a mother or you have a mother or you know a mother, it's for you because it truly is um, every chapter every mother will relate, every woman will relate because it's not, it's broken up into characteristics of mothers. So it's, so God made a mother brave. So God made a mother beautiful. And the stories talk about just the real raw, vulnerable parts of motherhood in each chapter of whether you have a newborn or a teen, or you're a grandma, you just, oh, you relate to these. And Tony, I, I think I mean, I know I'm a little out there, but I mean, I think this can be the next chicken soup for the soul. I mean, I really do. I see it as, so God made a boy mom. So God made a grandma. So God made casserole. I mean, I just see all these things. I just really feel it. I think the world needs it. It is a beautiful book that you're going to pick up and relate to, and no one is going to preach at you or teach you anything, but you just will feel connected to these women and these stories. And I cannot wait for the world to read it. Leslie, I absolutely love that concept and title. And I think it is so important. It brings people down to earth, brings people to reality. And it really, it starts from really where it's at. God made us. We did not spontaneously combust. Yep. <laughs> you know, for I used to joke about this for years on interviews. Uh, probably nobody's heard it for a while. but. There was a time every day for years, I would go outside my house and I would look at a little patch of dirt and I would wait for something to spontaneously come about and nothing, no, no chicken, nothing ever just went poop. Here I am. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's, it takes, it takes intelligence. It takes God. And, uh, and I'm sticking with that. So I love that title. I love how it starts. And I think you've got a runaway success with that. All you have to do is just, you know, work nine to two and persevere. <laughs> Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> and now, you know, we've learned a couple things, and I kind of want to put it together. Here we are. We are entrepreneurs. We are businessmen. You know, we're listening to this because we want to learn from you. You've made it where a lot of us have had a lot of failures doing this, doing that, trying this. There used to be an old marketing saying, you know, take a bunch of stuff, throw it on the wall, see what sticks. See what sticks. Yeah. You know, you found something that sticks. So what can, what else can we learn from you? about growing a successful business from home. You know, we do other things. We're coaches. We're, we are authors. We're, we're podcast hosts. We do a lot of different things, but a lot of us do it from home and we want to be able to grow with that. So we'd love any other wisdom or success or guidance that you can share with us on that. You know, I think you had mentioned it earlier, Tony, of when I was sharing the story and that it was bigger than me and there's a bigger purpose, bigger mission. I'm not going to say it was easy because it definitely wasn't. And it almost failed several times. <laughs> but I think I knew that even if it did, 
even if it did fail, that this wasn't it. You know, I I think I, I knew there was a bigger purpose for me. For me, it's, it's my family and my faith. And that keeps me really grounded. And, and I always say, you know, truly, you never know what could happen to the internet tomorrow. And if it all goes away, I would still be okay. I think, I think I would be okay serving cheese at a grocery store. I mean, I just think you can't put, you can't find your happiness necessarily in what you're doing. I think it comes from something else. And for me, it's, there's a bigger purpose in all of it. Um, I would have been sad and I, I did almost fail. So, you know, that it would have not been fun to find a job that I didn't love, but I, I just, I don't know. I think knowing that and knowing that there was a bigger purpose helped me, you know, push forward and, and keep going. This is the Tony D'Urso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Our view from home with Leslie Means. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. You should know what that already means. That's the best kind of notification. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify and the moment another business dream becomes a reality. As you know by now, Shopify is the commerce platform that's revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So for example, whether you're selling something in home and garden or health and beauty or some fashion product and so forth, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And it's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and the control to revolutionize your business and take things to the next level. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Tony, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Tony to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Tony. And I'll spell that S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash T-O-N-Y. And cha-ching your way to the top with Shopify. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Our View from Home with Leslie Means. And now, back to the chat with Leslie. I think, and I agree with you on that, I think part of it and the key part is finding that purpose, which we talked about, we, we beat it up a little bit earlier, 
when you're on your purpose, it, it doesn't even matter what money you make. I know people that work at a company for less money than they would get from another company, but they love it there so much. They feel they're fulfilling their purpose so much. It's not about money. It's about how you feel, how you are. And I think that's the strongest thing. As I've said for many times, when you're willing to get up every day and not make any money, but do whatever it is you're doing, that's that's your item. That's that's and then that's that's, the, that's what we all want, right? I mean, we we all want to find that happiness. So even if you're working at your job that uh, you don't like and you just have to do it, find something that gives you that joy. You know, I don't know, and maybe I've always lived like that too. I just can't live in that negative spot. I just have to find something that brings a, a positive outlook on life each day. And you know, even if that other thing that you just mentioned doesn't bring the money in, but you can do it nights and weekends while you're making your income to to keep your lights going. And then take that thing, that item that you're working nights and weekends and make it into something because it's your passion. It's orchids, it's gardening, it's wrenching on old cars. It's It's whatever really just gets you going no matter what. And that can be made into a great booming business, just like you did with I'm not familiar with all your subjects, you know, motherhood, grief, children, you know, you've taken these ordinary, and I don't don't even want to say ordinary, but regular words, home day words, and you've made it into something because of that passion. So I hope every one of our audience listens to that and gets that point, because when you've got the right thing, it's like going to 70 miles an hour on the freeway when you're going 60, it's, it's not that much harder and you can go a lot faster with it. So, yep. I really think that's great. Well, Leslie, this has been wonderful. I loved it. Once again, we talked about our view from home with Leslie Means. You can find her at herviewfromhome.com, also on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find her, just search. Leslie, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I loved it. Thank you, Tony. Insightful and inspirational. Thank you. And here's today's Insider's Brief. As the economy continues to trend toward a potential recession, a new Pulse poll reveals that leaders in the technology space remain bullish on their business outlook. With us is Ken Ungland, EY America's technology, media, and telecommunications leader, to tell us more about this. Hi, Ken, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tony. Ken, there's so much to go over. Perhaps let's start here. Why do you think that more than half of tech business leaders believe that a potential recession will have a positive impact on their organization? I think you need to look backwards a little bit at tech over the last few years to decade. It's been really a growth at all cost mentality for many of these companies, really growth over profit. And really, we conducted a recent survey, and it was interesting. First, I'd say that almost three quarters of the respondents have symptoms of recession in their interview, right? So they, they're starting to feel this discussion. Where the optimism comes from is their ability to take some time to focus back on their core business, to look to grow profitably, really to kind of de-escalate the spiral that they've been over the last few years. So that's where I'd say some of the optimism comes from. I see. And what characteristics do you think that tech companies have that allow them to grow during this time? I think there are a few characteristics for tech companies that serve them well in these times of uncertainty. If you think about it, for the most part, these companies mainly have uh, resources and talent and digital assets. So 
they don't have large manufacturing facilities and those sort of things generally. So their ability to pivot, to ramp up, to ramp down, to move into new businesses or new markets, they just have a lot of agility and that, that will serve them well now. And how are tech companies using data and analytics to move forward right now? I think there's a few places where technology, advanced technology is really enabling these companies. And what I'd also say is that if you think about tech companies, they use their products first. So things that you will eventually see in other industries, they're adopting first. So if you think about key areas like data analytics around forecasting and supply chain, machine learning to have better outcomes, 5G connectivity to digitize sort of their world, these are really areas that are all going to drive productivity for these companies. And what are tech leaders deprioritizing during the economic downturn? It's a really important point that it's a zero-sum game to some degree. So I'd like to first maybe talk about a few things they're deprioritizing, and I'd like to share maybe a couple of things that are really up on their list that are sort of unique. So on the sort of down decrease in spending is around marketing, branding, advertising. And I would say across the tech industry, pay is a pretty flat discussion overall. Uh, what they're really focusing on putting their money into is advanced technology like data analytics, cyber, and really top of their list is anything to do with a customer experience, customer sat, customer service, anything they can do to retain a customer in these times is top of their list. Now, there are a lot of layoffs going on right now in the tech industry. What are the tech leaders saying about the future of tech jobs? Yeah, I'd like to take a moment and talk about talent on maybe a couple of factors. So. Uh, the layoffs have been widely reported. It's been about 150,000 jobs globally in about 1,000 companies. That's a global number for the year. Um, and there's a ton of focus on that. What really came out in our survey that I think is important to emphasize is that 90% of these leaders have been very explicit about investing money in new talent and upgrading skills and all of that. Because really, if you think about these businesses, talent is really their differentiator. What they're looking to do is be employers of choice, and that requires you know, these kind of investments. Now, what are tech leaders doing to attract and keep top talent despite the economy? Well, there's two things I would say, like uh, comp and equity, that's kind of table stakes for all these tech companies. What we're seeing, and it was highlighted in the survey, is that flexibility is a really critical item. And top of that list is how people work uh, in office, virtual or hybrid. And employees are demanding more flexibility. And what we've also seen in the survey, there's a silver lining to this for employers that um, a smaller real estate footprint likely is going to drive less cost for them. So some of that they can reinvest in employees. Ken, do you think that the tech industry can help others weather a potential recession? Absolutely. The, the tech industry is really a leading adopter of these advanced technologies and how they get applied. And all of this stuff generally flows into other industries and sectors very quickly. So I do think we, as we've seen, tech kind of leads into these, these headwinds and they lead out of them and what they've learned should be very applicable to other industries. I got it. And I'm still kind of getting all this. I'm not too much of a techie myself, but I, but I do, have, do want to let you know that our audience, they're entrepreneurs, they're business owners of different size businesses. And I want to kind of address them. What what do you think they should do? What should they look forward? Um, I kind of want to see if there's a game plan or some, some kind of focus for them that would help them get through this as well. Yeah, I think the first learning to take from tech is if you're standing still, you're moving backwards. 
So I think any business owner or any employee in a business, just learning new skills. If you're a business person, technical awareness. If you're a technical person, some business acumen, any of these sort of things that layer and build skills will be tremendously useful as they go forward. And you may have commented on this, but I wanted to drill down a little bit more. And that is why the layoffs and what can we do to protect it? And like, we're running businesses. Is there something that could affect us that we should be aware of so that we don't get caught up in this? And we answered a little bit of this, but I want to look at it from another angle, perhaps. So I think the best way to look at this, uh, nothing is future proof, but the ability to make sure that everyone's business is, is fit for purpose, I think is relevant to all industries. I think tech is going through that right now. And I think the ability to apply technology for productivity and quality is a really critical item. So I would say whether you have a big business or small business, think about how technology can help you. And I'm looking at your survey and, you know, I, I, technology is growing in leaps and bounds and it, it changes so fast sometimes. It's like what you think you knew on an app is no longer, it's, it's all changed. And it's just, we, we're going through these transformations, I guess. And with all this, I'm looking at your survey. 90% of tech leaders are investing in new talent and retaining their high-performing talent with the right skills. So what? So I'm looking at skills. I'm going, well, is that a, is that a very generic, or are there more? Are there more? Are there skills that are are more uh, the better skills, perhaps that people may want to go for, or look for, or even invest in? I think what I would advise is it's not just tech skills. This isn't just about programmers or coders or system administrators. Um, people that have business knowledge that apply some level of technical awareness and people who are very tech-oriented, software engineers, will benefit greatly from building some business skills. So my view is these companies are taking the time to invest in you as an employee. It's up to you to take advantage of those uh, opportunities. I think kind of to wrap this up, perhaps a summary or a little comment on, no one has the crystal ball, but we, and we've talked a little bit about where we see things going. What do you think, what do you think could wind up happening? Well, I've been in the tech industry for a couple of decades, and we see these cycles all the time. I think the one thing that I believe to be pretty certain is uh, these things go down and they come up, and also tech sort of leads the way in and leads the way out. So. You know, my view is it's a great opportunity for the mid and long term for tech to continue growing. Now, with the with the growth of AI, it's just everywhere you hear it more and more. You would think that there wouldn't be layoffs as much because there's a whole burgeoning industry for AI and develop better automated applications and app systems. And it just it just kind of blows my mind that there's such layoffs when there's such a demand. And you may have touched upon this before, but I'm just trying to get my wits around it as well. Like, why is this happening? I, and I understand that there's cycles too, but it should just be growing and going through the roof, don't you think? Well, I think if you look at tech overall, the, the trend line continues to be growth. Uh, within tech, there's a lot of different components. There are semiconductors, there's software, there's hardware, there's cloud companies, there are business-to-business -business companies, there's direct-to-consumer companies. So you know, depending on where those discussions occur, some are growing faster, some are growing nominally, some are contracting. So I think it's important not to think of tech as just a giant monolith, but, you know, subsectors of businesses in there that 
Some are very consumer sensitive to demand, others aren't. Um, so, you know, they ebb and flow, but the overall trend line, if you think about the amount of data and cloud consumption that is occurring, uh, that is continuing up and to the right. I really appreciate that. It kind of fits in. I know you touched on a couple of those points already, but now it's beginning to sink in a little bit. I, I do hope that our listeners can understand this and are better briefed now. And uh, if they want to learn more, Ken, where can our listeners go for more information? Yeah, if your listeners want to learn more about the survey or just more about tech trends, we have a website. It's ey.com forward slash US forward slash tech survey. If they go there, they'll get a lot of information. Wonderful, Ken. Thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us about this. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it too. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took her vision to reality. We discussed our view from home with Leslie Means. She had what I consider a dream job as a TV anchor, and she went ahead to take a job at the local chamber. From there, she entered a competition at the University of Nebraska, and she won, thereby setting her off on her website creating her faith-based brand. We talked about her failures, challenges, and how she managed her business while raising her children at home, which I think was quite brilliant, and I think that's something we can all learn about. And she discussed her new book with us, which I think is going to be a runaway bestseller. So let me ask you, what did we discuss that resonated with you? Let us know. And please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. You can find Apple Podcasts from any web or mobile device. Please try and leave a kind review. I thank you so much. Use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks and remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds. Do good deeds. And join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.